Hello, and welcome to the Give and Go podcast on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson, and we are joined, as always, by Will Aldham. Will, good morning. Good morning, Scott. Uh, so, we are going to be joined this week by Notre Dame Fairfield coach Maria Conlon. We've been trying to have her on uh, for a couple weeks now, and now we got her. Uh, they are obviously the number one team in the state. 12-1, and one, have not lost in the state. Uh, Will, you saw Notre Dame too. What, what, what do you think of them? The times you've seen them? Yeah, I mean, I've saw. I got to go to the Newtown Notre Dame game with you. Yep. That's the only one I've seen so far. And yeah, I mean, it was a really good game. Uh, Newtown was two at the time in the state, right? I believe um, three point game. Really, my favorite game I've watched all season. So it's high level, high level basketball. Yeah, uh, that that was a really good game. Uh, Notre Dame's really impressed me the times I've seen them. Uh, we're going to talk to the coach about this, but you know, they have two really good players in Yamani McCullough and uh, Neek Mayo, who are all-state caliber. Neek's only a sophomore. Yamani's only a junior. Um, you know, I don't think people realize how young Notre Dame Fairfield is. Most of their starters are juniors and sophomores. They have two seniors, um, only one of whom really plays you know, significant minutes. Um, it's a little scary because they're going to be, I think, even better next year as long as everyone comes back healthy and I think having a coach like Maria has just really injected that team. Eric DeMarco did an amazing job with them. They only lost one game in the regular season last year. But having a former UConn player and one of the best players in Connecticut high school history come in and coach has to has to help them a lot, I would think. Uh, let's talk about the poll just for a minute. Um, Notre Dame Fairfield is number one. Uh, NFA, which has beaten a ranked team three weeks in a row, just beat Newtown last week, 43-29. Uh, that's tough. Tough trip for Newtown, and it was they had a five thirty game there on a Monday. They probably had to leave at you know one in the afternoon to get there. Uh, but NFA has played awesome. Um, they've won ten in a row coming into this week. Uh, they deserve to be the number two team. They're the top team in Double L right now. But you know Double L and L are both gonna be really tough. Uh, Staples has shot up the rankings now. Uh, they've won twelve of their last thirteen. Um, they're up in Double L two. Uh, they're twelve and two. I'm going to see them this week play Stanford, who's also 12 and two. That should be a really fun game on Thursday, uh, Thursday night in Stanford. Um, and then Newtown is hanging tough at four. You know they lost the game to NFA, and then they came back and and throttled Brookfield and and Stratford. I, I don't see anyone in the SWC outside of Newtown or Notre Dame, uh, you know, winning that conference. I think Pomperog's strong, Bethel's strong, but Newtown I think is one of the best teams in Double L, and obviously. Um, Notre Dame Fairfield's, you know, one of the top teams in L. Uh, another top team in L is Newington, who is uh, number five right now. Um, they took a loss to Weathersfield two weeks ago, but rebounded nicely with wins over Rocky Hill and Hall. Uh, and then New London, who I saw again, I saw New London this week um, against Cromwell. That was a really, really good game, cross conference game. Uh, it was the night of the. Windsor East Catholic game, the, the boys game, which everyone, you know, everyone in the state was talking about. But I think the New London Cromwell game was excellent. They scored more points than the boys did in that game. It was 66-60. Uh, I love Cromwell down in, in – I think they're in MM this year, the new MM division. Uh, but they are going to be really, really tough. They took New London down to the wire. New London's a totally different team. Uh, you know, They were a big team last year, had inside players. Uh, this year they were running out five guards most of the game. Um, and I, they're, again, going to be dangerous in double L. And then you know, we round out the top ten <coughs> excuse me, with Norwalk. Trumbull, uh, who beat Norwalk 70-37, uh, to 37, but Norwalk's ranked above them. 
an anomaly of the poll, I'll say. Uh, and then we had uh, Berlin, who is only has one loss. Uh, just got Ashley Wenzel back from injury. She had a really bad leg injury. I think she broke her leg or tore ACL or something in soccer season, preseason soccer season. Um, but she just came back. They were already 11-1 and one before she came back, and now she's back. She's a junior. She's one of the best players in the state. Berlin's going to be really, really tough, also down in MM. Uh, and then Stanford runs out the top 10. Uh, again, we have no SEC teams in the top 10. Uh, Hand got 72 votes. Shelton got 59. And Sheehan got 56. Those were our bottom three vote-getters. Uh, it's really strange to have no SEC teams in this poll, but I think they'll be there uh, at the end of the year. And uh, Who else did you see this week? Did you see any other games? Uh, I was MIA a little bit this week, yeah. but I did catch uh, <laughs> I did catch Norwalk versus Greenwich, and it was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, J.K. Murray and Belinda Hunt, the dangerous duo. They yeah, they are very good. Yeah. Um, but uh, they both had 19 points, were making threes. Really, really good players. Yeah, Norwalk's a super dangerous team. Um, I like Greenwich, and Greenwich has a really good freshman, uh, Mackenzie Nelson. I don't know how she played in that game, but uh, Norwalk is a team that can probably contain her a little bit, but. She's a dangerous player. Um, all right, we are going to get into our interview with Notre Dame Fairfield coach Maria Conlon, and we will be right back with that. All right, we are joined by Notre Dame Fairfield girls coach Maria Conlon. Maria, welcome to Give and Go. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, you guys are off to a great start this season. Uh, you've had a really tough first half uh, of the schedule. Uh, you played Canton, you played Hand, you played New London. Um, how important were those early games for you guys to, before you got into SWCs? Yeah, you know, it's always great early on in the season to, you know, to get some early tests and, you know, really see where you're at. You know, you don't have a ton of preparation time, especially this year with Thanksgiving being so late. Uh, you know, we only had a couple weeks together to really put some stuff you know, in and, and get used to each other and get used to, obviously, a brand-new coaching staff, new defense, new offense. So I was really pleased that we were able to put together some, some good performances early on against some, some really good teams. Yeah, I mean, did you you were there as an assistant coach, but did you pretty much bring in your own new offense and everything? I mean, was it, was it all new stuff for the girls? Yeah, you know, all new stuff, <laughs> all new drills and practice. I think that, you know, the first week it was a little bit of shell shock for everybody you know, getting to know each other, getting to know the different, um, you know, makeup of the team. And, you know, for the most part, a, a very, very different team than when I coached a couple of years ago. You know, a lot of young faces, a lot of new faces for us. And, you know, I brought in a brand new coaching staff. So, you know, it was a lot of getting to know each other those first couple of weeks. I mean, you guys are off to a great start. You're undefeated. You're number one. I don't think people realize how young this team is. I mean, what's it been like, you know, bringing along sophomores and juniors through this whole process? Yeah, you know, it's, it's been fun, you know, for me because we have uh, we have a lot of young kids starting. Um, you know, the other night we started three, three sophomores in the lineup, um, you know, and one junior and one senior. So, you know, I think the exciting part is that Every, every day is different at practice. Every night, you know, for the games is different. And, and sometimes you don't know what to expect because when kids are, are young, you know, I joke around right now because we play we play three sophomores, two of which, you know, didn't have a ton of, um, you know, big game varsity time last year. And, right. you know, obviously we have a Vajanikov 
who, in my opinion, is one of the best players in the state. But you forget sometimes that she's still only a sophomore. Yeah, um, you know, which is which is kind of funny. And then, you know, we have a junior starting um, in Max Stone, who's actually an all-state softball player. So this isn't even her, you know, her first sport. And this is the first time she's really getting any meaningful minutes on varsity, too. So, you know, it's been kind of fun to piece that together so far. And, and so far, it's worked out for us really well. Um, I, I don't know if most people know, but you obviously played, uh, you had your college career at UConn. And uh, I was wondering, do you have any, you know, does that get, did that give you any type of advantage, uh, do you think, that you could take away from your competitive career and use uh, for coaching? Yeah, you know, I, I think as, as athletes and as players, you know, throughout your entire career, you start to, you know, mold and take a little bit from every team, you know, from the players that you played with, from the coaches that, you know, coached you and you start to mold it into your own type of style of, of how you do everything, you know, not just coaching, but, you know, how you approach work, um, you know, how you're, you're approaching your personal life and your professional life. And I think that, you know, obviously my experience at UConn playing with some of the best players to ever play the game and, and you know, arguably the best coach to ever coach the game at that level, uh, you, you, you know, even by mistake, you kind of take on a little bit right. of, of what they did and, and what you experienced there. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things that I do on a daily basis or I find myself saying or even observing that I don't think I would have without that experience at UConn. And playing for Joe Frager at Seymour must have helped with that too, especially coaching at the high school level. Uh, what was it like playing for him? Yeah, you know, it's um, you know, some of my favorite – moments learning because I feel like you know high school is such an impressionable age group and you, you tend to really remember some of the things that the coaches implemented at that time and, and some of my favorite things actually come from Joe and you know I had the opportunity to coach with him for a year at, at Southern Connecticut as well when we won the Division II National Championship and you know his demeanor and his, his way that he approaches athletes is definitely something that I feel myself molding on a, on a daily basis. But I always remember, you know, it was my freshman year and uh, we were doing a defensive drill and, you know, I was tired. You know, I was a freshman who was starting varsity from day one and, and uh, we were doing a defensive drill and he turned and I kind of like came out of my defensive stance for a second and he went nuts on me <laughs> and he said, you know, character is what you have when nobody's looking. And, um, you know, I find myself, you know, replaying that moment a lot, you know, in my life, both, you know, personally, professionally, and as a coach and as an athlete. And, you know, I've said to my, my girls multiple times this year that, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? So it's, you never know who's, who's watching you or who's going to see you in that moment when you're taking the possession off. So, you know, I definitely use a lot of those life lessons, you know, now, you know, with the girls. It's amazing the influence the high school coaches have on you, isn't it? I mean, uh, you don't even think of it at the time, but those things just stick in your head for some reason, don't they? Yeah, you know, and I can go on and on with stories about, about Joe. Um, but, you know, we'll keep this PG for today. Good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's really, really true, and, and him and I still have a really great relationship. Uh, he actually let me earlier in the season when I was, you know, first when I was trying to decide if, if this was something I wanted to do, I went to him. For guidance um you know he said listen you're going to be great you should definitely do this you know it's a great opportunity to give back to the sport that gave so much to you and then he let me go and, and sit in on on one of his practices early on and it was funny because i feel like a lot of the same stuff that we did 
you know, what, 19, 20 years ago now, um, he's still doing. But, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Exactly. Uh, I mean, do your girls realize that, that you were such a good high school player in Connecticut? I mean, do they know anything about that? You know, I, I mean, I'm not really sure. You know, I laugh because, um, you know, our coaching staff, we have, we have a pretty young coaching staff. And, uh, you know, we have myself and then Heather, who, who played at, at Western for college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have an, another assistant, Kwame, who was a great basketball player at Stratford High School. And then we have two other guys that are pretty great athletes. And I say we have the best scout team probably um, in the state of Connecticut because when we come out and we practice against these girls. But, you know, the first two practices, I'm pulling up for threes, <laughs> you know, pretty far out and making them consistently. And, you know, the girls keep letting me shoot it, and I'm laughing. And so I said to my coaches afterwards in the locker room, man, they must not have read the scouting report. Do they not know that I still have the state record for three-point shooting? That's right. Um, Most you know, three-pointers made. You know, we laugh about it. But, you know, now a couple of weeks in, I think they're on to me. I think they know they should probably get a hand up. So, <laughs> uh, this, You talked about the scout team and how you guys are playing on it. Is that something you picked up from college? Because I know in college you guys probably scrimmage against, like, intramural boys, right? Yeah, you know, I, to me, I think even in high school. So when I was back in high school, Frager, he used to take some of the guys actually that were uh, were soccer players um, or played different sports that weren't playing basketball, and he would actually have them come and they would guard me during practice, or we'd have to guard them. And I think that you know, between that and college, I think it's really, really important to try to make practice a lot harder than the games. Right. Um, and that's definitely something that I picked up early on in my career. And then, you know, in college, some of our practice players were, you know, all state boys basketball players in high school that just right. weren't good enough to go and play in college. So, you know, I think that when you demand that amount of, um, you know, attention to detail and practice and, you know, like I keep telling them like, Hey, listen, we're making passes and doing things athletically and, and cutting and moving the ball way better than probably any team that you're going to face this year. But if you could get a couple stops against us every day, um, you know, and score against us when we're, you know, we're really applying the pressure to you, you know, hopefully when you get in the game, it, you know, it decreases that level, um, you know, that you have to be able to do against another team. And, and that's really the goal, right. Is to make, yeah. is to make practice, harder where you feel like all right I, it's a game day i got the day off a little bit because it's not as hard as i just had it the last couple of days in practice uh these girls play a lot uh, did you play as much as they do like with the aau circuit and everything they do in the off season or has that changed at all yeah you know it, it feels like they play a lot more to me i mean it's hard right because when i think back to high school you know, I was always, I was always playing. Right. Right. So it, whether that was shooting in my backyard or, or going to the courts or playing against my guy cousins um, or, or playing in AAU, I always felt like I was playing. Um, it, it does feel like the AAU season is a little bit longer than I remember. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, people have asked me like, how do you feel about that? Is that good? Is that bad? You know? And, and my thought is like, you know, at the end of the day, the more you can play basketball, the better, yeah. right? It's uh, it's muscle memory. The more shots you get up, <laughs> the chances of you making them more often go up. Like, all, all that stuff is great. Um, I would love to see, you know, the basketball IQ of players also go up, you know, in the meantime. You know, I feel like, you know, we're, we're teaching a lot of individual one-on-one stuff for the majority of the year, which, which you need that stuff, right? Like, you got to yeah. be able to do that. But, you know, do you know how to read screens? Do you know how to pass and cut 
and do all the different things when you don't have the ball that they're going to expect out of you in college is the stuff that I, I would like to see a little bit more of. Um, but I think overall it does seem more. But at the end of the day, is that, you know, is that a bad thing? I don't know. I mean, you're you're talking about those lessons. It seems like your girls are picking up on that. I mean, you guys move very well without the ball. You pass the ball very well. Has that been yep. a big a big focus with with this team this year? Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, last I think it was last week. I put you know twenty minutes up on the clock in uh, in practice, and I told the girls you're not allowed to dribble. And they all looked at me at first like, huh? Like, coach, <laughs> how are we going to score? <laughs> and uh you know that was before uh the immaculate game that we played last week yeah and i mean you should see these girls once you tell them that they can't dribble and they got to move without the ball i mean i've never seen some of them cut so hard and move around more in the last two months yeah and then you know we come out in the immaculate game and all of a sudden the ball's working around and, and we're having fun and we're passing it and we're not taking that many dribbles and we actually had our, our highest amount of assisted points that game and it goes to show that when you focus on what you're doing when you don't have the ball like listen I know that if I give the ball to Ajanique at the top of the key and I say go one-on-one she could probably get her shot off and score whenever she wants right Right. but you know when you get into college which is the next level for her and that's not the game plan right the game plan is we're going to run an offense and if this person denies the wing we got to flash high and cut back door right and, you know, those are the, the attention to detail and the things that I'm trying to teach them that, listen, if we could do that as a high school team, there's not going to be many teams out there that over the long run are going to be able to, to guard us and be able to stop us because there will always be a counter action to whatever, you know, they throw at us. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, with Neek and Yamani together, both those girls can take over a game. Have they sort of been learning that, hey, if we play together, we're way more dangerous than just going one-on-one. Yeah, you know, I think that we're getting there. Um, every day gets a little bit better. Uh, you know, Neek has such a natural, you know, like when you watch her play basketball, she's naturally gifted offensively, yes. right? But yeah. I think but I think, what I think I love about her game, and it reminds her a little bit of myself at that age, is she's really, really great at getting other people involved, too. Yes. Um, you know, she makes this pass on the fast break where she lobs it ahead. But as a sophomore in high school, she already knows to kind of take a little bit off of it and air it out, um, you know, so the person can chase it down versus just throwing it up the court and it goes 100 miles an hour into the, you know, into the wall. Um, yeah. You know, and it's things like that that I really admire about her game so early on. Like, Because you can't necessarily teach some of that stuff. Like, it's it's either naturally in you to to be unselfish and to do some of those things um and those are some things that you know we're trying to get some other people to learn and do and as a team you know be ready right like i think that sometimes what we found is like she's making a move or Monty's making a move and we're drawn to people and then like we're shocked that we get the pass yeah <laughs> we're wide open you know so it's uh you know, it's, it's little things like that, and it's the every day of getting used to each other. Like, it's like I said, I mean, we really only have, we're just coming up on, what, eight weeks together? Yeah. So that's a short amount of time to really learn everything about another player, another teammate. So, you know, we're trying to shorten that learning curve on a daily basis. Um, you guys are 12-0 and against in-state opponents, only seven games left on the schedule. Is there a mentality shift, a change in practice game plan with the playoffs looming? Yeah, you know, I, I think starting last week, and, we're, you know, and, it, and again, it's hard, right, because it's 
here's the way that I view it is that these are high school kids. So again, their attention span, when you have them for two, two and a half hours a day, every single day, it, it becomes a drag, right? Like you got to keep them engaged for long periods of time for a decently long season. So I think that our approach now from a coaching staff pers- you know, perspective is, you know, what do we need to take that we've done really, really well over the course of the last 12 games and excel even more from that? And then what are some things that we haven't done great or we've done kind of mediocre that we need to do really, really well, you know, moving into the postseason? Because, you know, the goal for us is not, listen, we run the table great, you know, in, in our regular season and we win and all that stuff is great. But, you know, that's not the end goal, right? The end goal for everybody is to win that last game of the season. And I still think that we got a lot of work to do in order to get there. So I think our focus is, you know, fine tuning some of the stuff we've done really, really well, but let's work on our weaknesses over the next couple of weeks, because those are the things that come to haunt you in the postseason. Um, and, you know, you know, that combined with keeping like the hardest part with high school, especially with girls. And I can say this because I was one at some point in my life. Right. So it's like, how do you get everybody to, to like still like each other and, and, you know, want to come to practice and spend that amount of time grinding and working every day is that part is the, is the hard part, right. Is keeping that, that mental focus on team as the overarching goal, you know, and then the rest will kind of work itself out. You guys are in Class L, and that is a loaded field down there. I mean, that's nothing's yep. going to be easy when you get into the state tournament, is it? No, you know, it's like <laughs> in the beginning of the year, you know, you don't, as a coach, especially as a brand-new coach, for me coming in, it was like, listen, we're just going to worry about us. And, you know, we'll figure the rest out eventually. So I didn't really take a big look at the Class L field till probably like a week or two ago, right? Because then now you start thinking about like, all right, we got to get out and scout some of these teams and, and see what's what, see what they're doing really well to have the success that they're having, um, you know, in comparison to what we've done. And L is, I mean, I think is the most loaded division this year. I think I, 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 I agree. Honest, you I know, agree. From top to bottom. Um, you know, so it'll, but like, that's the exciting part, right? Like I, I said to the girls when we got named number one, I go, the cool part about this is that you're going to get everybody's best game every single time that they play us. Yep. You know, it's like, I remember in college when I was at UConn, you know, we would play the worst team in the league. We'd go to Providence and Providence was in last place, but all of a sudden all these girls that are on the scouting report couldn't do anything are making threes. They're banking <laughs> in threes and they're, you know, they're throwing shots up that they haven't made in years. Cause that's just what happens when you're playing the best team, right? Everybody's going to play up or try to play up to the level that you are so you got to be ready and you have to be responsible with your effort in terms of every single night we got to come out we got to play our best game no matter who we're playing against um you know so, so those are some of the things that i find exciting is that we've played a lot of really really good teams already this year um you know we've had our backs against the wall a little bit and i'm, I'm really happy with our response thus far yeah um yeah. You know, so does that help us in the postseason? Sure. But, you know, we could still also come out and, you know, go 0 for 20 against somebody in the first round, and now we got to grind it out again. So, you know, those are the things that we're trying to prepare for is, like, what's the worst-case scenario? You have a couple of girls, obviously, that are all-state on your starting team, uh, or all-state caliber anyway. 
but it seems in the games that I've seen, when your second wave comes in, and especially Sierra Brown, uh, I mean, I've loved watching her this year. That second wave for you really seems to give you a big boost. How important is your depth off the bench? And then can you talk about Sierra a little bit too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I know that, like, listen, the first five come out, and, and it's their job to set the tempo for the game, right? Yeah. And I think the cool part about being on the bench for those first three or four minutes is you get to observe what's going on out there. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's two reactions you could have coming off the bench. It's like, you know, you have people come in, and they're not paying attention to what's happening, and they bring no energy, and now they come in the game, and you get this really big lull, right? And that's not what you want. And then the second reaction is that you can be sitting there as an athlete and you're watching what's going on and you're like, okay, here's what's been working. Here's what's not been working. And now I'm going to come in and I'm going to inject this, you know, huge amount of energy. And we go from being like at a level eight to a level 11. Yeah. And, you know, I think Sierra has embraced that and done a really, really good job of bringing that intensity you know, when she comes off the bench and, you know, watching what's happening out there, just coming in and saying, like, all right, like, I'm going to be a savage on the boards right now, right? Yeah. I'm going to bring this unbelievable amount of energy. And she's creating a lot of really nice opportunities for herself by doing that. So, you know, I've been really pleased, you know, this far, you know, this year with her effort and what she's been able to do from a six-man standpoint. I mean, listen, she could – she's talented enough to start for us, right? right? Uh, you know, she's – talented enough to start for probably the majority of the teams in the state, you know, and it's not easy being that sixth person, Yeah. but that, that role, that person is so crucial to a team because if, if you have that person, and like I said, there's a huge drop off when they come into the game, um, it can be detrimental, really detrimental. And uh, it really hasn't been for us. It's, it's really been a, um, you know, a, a bright spot. Yeah, and, and most teams don't. I mean, you, they have good good players coming off the bench, but not someone that really just seems to embrace that role like she does. And I, I, like I said, I've been really impressed with her scoring and just the work she she does and the energy she brings off the bench. It, it, you can see it, you know, when when you watch those games. Um, yep. Yeah. All right, coach. We got the, the important question for you now. When you're in Fairfield, I know you're on the road a lot, but when you're in Fairfield, where where are the spots to eat? Where where are we gonna go when we're in town and <laughs> pre or post game um, meal? Yeah, you know, I think over by us, so I'm vegan, so I'm probably the worst person to ask in terms of, like, where are the best buffalo wings and things of that nature, but there's a there's a cool place, actually, it's probably about a mile and a half from uh, Notre Dame of Fairfield, because as you guys know, there's, like, two sides to Fairfield, right? You got, like, yeah. the Merritt Parkway side, and then you got the, the 95 side, um, but the Sitting Duck Tavern, which is actually, I think, technically... Uh, Trumbull, but it's right over there on that line. is a is a good place. They got they got some good uh, some good eats over there. Yeah, that's right by um, Sacred Heart. Our, our guy Pete goes there all the yeah. time. Actually, yeah. Yep. So uh, so that that's a good spot. I, I would recommend that. Um, you know, outside of that, I got to be honest. I'm in I'm in Fairfield. I'm taking care of business, and then I'm usually back in back in the valley where I'm from. So, uh, sitting duck is about as far as I go. So you're still up in the Seymour Derby area. You were from Derby, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm from Derby. I went to Seymour High School, and I uh, I actually live in Shelton. So, oh, okay, uh, there you go. We love yeah. we love the valley here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. How can you not, right? <laughs> How can you not? It's the best. They got Nardellis up there too. You don't need Nardellis, but hey, they got salads. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Melissa and Maria, we thank you for taking the time to join us here. Uh, good luck the rest of the season, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you, uh, you know, as the tournaments begin. Awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank okay. you, guys. Bye. We are back on Give and Go. Uh, that was Maria Conlin from Notre Dame Fairfield. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, I mean, it's so rare to have someone who played for Gino Ariama that you know coaching and you can talk to and that's got to be just such an incredible experience uh you know playing for him and, and learning from him and I would think the kids just respond to that alone just like all you have to tell the girls is hey I played at UConn <laughs> you should listen to me <laughs> uh there's some good games this week uh if you want to go out and see some girls basketball this week um Weathersfield plays Berlin tonight in the CCC. That that's an interesting matchup. Uh, Sheen and Hillhouse is also tonight. Um, Thursday night, Bacon Academies at New London, and like I said earlier, Staples is at Stanford. I'm really excited to see that one. Uh, another, you know, two more teams with just two league losses. Danbury and Norwalk are playing Thursday night as well. Um, uh, you know, we got a good uh, CTC matchup with uh, Bullard Havens and Abbott Tech. I'm sure. They will not be well attended, but uh, those two teams are playing really well. Uh, you know, Bullard Haven's the only team that's beaten Abitech this year. And then Saturday morning, uh, if anyone's up in the uh, you know in the Newington area, Cromwell's playing Newington at 10:30 a.m. on Saturday. Um, two really good teams in the state. Two teams that are going to make noise in their state tournament. So, if you enjoy girls basketball in the state, try to get up to Cromwell, Newington. That'll be a fun one. Um, but we want to thank Maria Conlin for coming on with us and. For Will, I'm Scott, and we will see you next week on Give and Go.